Hello, and welcome to the Project Good podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Hilton. Project Good is a social impact podcast interviewing experts and advocates about the pressing problems that we face globally and hearing how they suggest we move forward in the future. The Project Good podcast is brought to you by Project Good Work. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people and organizations to develop a mindset that can move others to positive action regarding the complex social issues facing people and the planet. For October, we have a special edition with Women's Empowerment International. In these times of growing economic uncertainty, everyone has been touched to some degree by change from rising food prices, unaffordable housing, and the changes in how we work. In places affected by extreme poverty, these issues have become even more pronounced. Tackling these issues takes a combination of social change, an increase in monetary access, and innovation. In addition, women in these areas are often the most vulnerable since many function as the bedrock of their communities, raising future generations and providing for their families. To move forward, it takes an organizations like Women's Empowerment International, or WE, which is an, on a mission to empower women with tools to work their way out of poverty, care for their families, and strengthen their communities. We envisions a world without poverty in which women are empowered, uplifted, and equal partners in society. Funding economic empowerment programs, including microfinance programs, small business development support, training, education, and other holistic poverty alleviation strategies, benefiting thousands of women experiencing poverty around the world. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Sarah Adams, Executive Director of Women Empowerment International, who's helping we empower women around the world. Let's get into the interview. First, let me introduce our guest, Sarah Adams, the Executive Director at Women Empowerment International, who has over uh, 20 years' experience in the nonprofit sector with a proven track record of building strategies, partnerships, organization capacity building, fundraising, volunteer engagement, and program development. She has served in staff leadership positions on boards and is a consultant and trainer for organizations of all sizes, from small grassroots nonprofits to large national organizations. Before her time at WE, Ms. Adams was with Operation Homefront. She served as a senior regional director for field programs, overseeing the development, uh, programs, events, and operations in a five-state area. She's also been involved with several women's and girls' empowerment programs and brings the pa that passion to WE. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thank you so much for having me. You did a great job of introducing WE. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you on. And so I always have a question before we jump into the interview to get to know um, someone that I'm interviewing um, more. And so what, I guess, in, inspired you when I started uh, uh, looking at your background and everything to really look at uh, jumping into uh, nonprofit leadership or um, I guess, why did you uh, pick the career that you picked? Gosh, that's a great question. Um, I just really, I think, admired the work that was being done in the nonprofit sector. And that in general has become one of my passions, you know, in addition to the, the individual missions of each organization I've worked for that I've cared so much about. It's just been about also strengthening our nonprofit sector as a whole, which is why one of the reasons why it feels so great to be at WE is because it's focused on building that capacity with other organizations and being able to provide some funding to support the work that they're doing too. 
Okay, fantastic. Um, so I guess uh, when you were, I guess, uh, I know everybody when they're in their youth kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, sometimes explores different options and things like that. So you just always felt that you had um, a heart for these types of things. Absolutely. I think I always just had this idea of wanting to make the world a better place. You know, when I was little, having that notion of like, you know, I would hear about rainforests are being dis destroyed. I think that was one of the first causes I really remember caring about. And I was like, I'm going to save the rainforest. And so, um, you know, it actually worked out. I think one of my my first um, career paths was into the environmental world and um, doing conservation work, environmental education, um, and got a job. Um, first, I worked with AmeriCorps, and then I got a job with an environmental nonprofit. Um, and so was able to just, you know, continue that idea of what can I do to help make the world a better place. And then I, I got involved with volunteer engagement programs and saw this great opportunity to help other people get involved in projects that they cared about, causes that they cared about, um, and helping them find a path to helping to support the community. And that, you know, that notion of, of making, making it a better community and the type of place that they want to live in. And, you know, I saw that sort of as my path of like, how can I make this community the place that, you know, is going to be the best for everybody here. And, you know, now I think about how can I make our world a better place for my girls and, you know, my daughters and what kind of world am I helping to create for them that they're growing up in? Yes, and that's a perfect lead in actually um, to talk about uh, Women Empowered International, um, because a lot of times people don't know or they um, are always surprised to find out that in the global population of male to females, that it is almost a 50-50 split. And so that's, you know, um, that's serious and big news to know because 50% of the population are um, not, uh, you know, getting the opportunities or having access or getting to utilize their full uh, potential. It affects, you know, all of us. And so, um, you know, well, let's learn, I guess, about uh, what and who um, Women Empowerment International is. Uh, so I'll let you introduce them. Okay, well, you did a great job of talking about the mission of Women's Empowerment International, or we, as we call it, like you noted, and um, what our vision is, what our mission is, and the work that we're doing. So we are kind of like, um, I like to describe it as either a large giving circle or a small foundation. We are uh, primarily a fundraising and grant making organization. So we are raising money to give grants to other nonprofits, our partners, our grant partners um, here in San Diego and then around the world. Now, there are um, one of the things we just had, we had an interview with uh, Philanthropy Together and they had introduced us to the idea of um, giving circles and uh, groups of not only just uh, always uh, women, of course, but uh, different uh, giving circles around the world that come together uh, to support different uh, causes and, and uh, missions, making a, a difference um, in a different way than, you know, the, the large global um, foundations that may not um, always, uh, you know, give me funding to 
maybe sometimes a neighborhood cause or um, we're focused on things like uh, Women Empowerment internationally does on focusing on uh, women. And so um, you mentioned uh, that um, you take kind of a, a holistic look and you are not just, of course, an organization that is just, um, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, just um, giving out funding, but you work with actually other organizations. Um, so what I guess. Um, how or how is your organization, um, I guess, differently um, set up than, uh, I guess, your traditional, like, uh, foundations? Good question. Well, we are registered as a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are not a community or private foundation, so we don't have the same um, guidelines that they might need to follow. We have ind primarily individual donors, but <clears throat> in some cases we have also received um, small grants from other organizations. So we can bring in donations from individuals, from corporations, from foundations, from community associations, pretty much from anywhere. Um, and then our our membership and our board decide where that money is going to go and how we're going to award that money. And we choose to do it in the form of grants uh, rather than in a straight donation. The money um, is specified as to where it's going to go from the organizations that are applying from the, for the grant. But sort of within that, we have a lot of trust in them and it's really up to them to tell us, you know, how they will best use that money around their economic empowerment programs for women. I love that. You actually touched on an issue that is a big time issue, I think, in the world of philanthropy is that a lot of times a lot of organizations, um, you know, they have, uh, you know, I'm just making up numbers, but. They might say, okay, $20,000 will be for a new computer lab, um, $30,000 we are going to do for, you know, they need an activity room, um, and, and so on. But I like the fact that uh, Women Empowerment International, it's kind of in the name, um, that you empower the organization to use the funding how they how they need um, and you trust them. This is actually something um, that we touched on in a previous episode is that having the ability or um, what makes a, a turn or a new change that um, needs to be made in the world of philanthropy is having the organizations have that trust that they know where they need the, um, uh, the funding. And so have you found that uh, taking that approach has made, um, I, I guess, a greater impact? Definitely. Well, I think, I think that that concept, the trust-based philanthropy, is really important. And I think it was great to see during the pandemic that more and more organizations were taking that approach, I think, because everything was changing and evolving. And if you're not trusting the organizations that you're giving that donation to or that grant to, then why are you giving them the money? You know, you're not giving them the money to say, here's how you should run your programs. But we take the approach of these organizations know best how to use that money and how to run those programs. 
that's why we're supporting them is because they know what their community needs. They know what the women in their community needs and the families in their communities need. They're based in the communities. And so they're going to tell us all about the great work that they're doing that's being directed by their communities um, and, and then make the biggest impact with the donation that we give them. Yes. And then um, one of the other things, of course, um, is that uh, not only are you doing, you know, supporting local organizations, but you are having an international reach. And so um, how has your organization from, you know, its uh, uh, roots here in the U.S. to uh, abroad um, really incorporated uh, diversity into your philanthrop uh, philanthropic efforts? I'm sorry, Amber, can you repeat that one more time? Oh, no, no worries. I was saying, um, how are you one of the, the and uh, perhaps it was how I phrased the, the question, um, I was getting into the diversity element that you have included in uh, philanthropy because, and one of the reasons that I'm bringing that up is a lot of times people don't realize that um, uh, a lot of the funding isn't necessarily widely distributed. And so that is a, a reason sometimes that we continuously see the same um, uh, global problems and issues continue to, um, you know, uh, either get bigger or not get better. And so one of the things that I do know about the organization is that you have um, uh, you have a, a diversity component that is different maybe than a lot of organizations. And so uh, maybe touch on the area of all the different uh, uh, country, countries and regions that you touch on as an organization. Okay, so we try to have um, an array of grant partners that we're supporting both geographically and then in focus of their programming. And so one of the things that we believe right now as an organization is that there's not just one thing that's going to solve global poverty, right? That it is such a big issue and it looks different in each region. Um, in some cases, there are you know, unique challenges that are faced by, by people living there and then by the organizations that are working there. And so um, there's not you know, one thing that we can say, we only fund this thing, but that's again, listening to our potential grant partners say, this is the need in the community. This is how we're addressing it. And this is what our program looks like. So we started the organization funding microfinance programs. And that was, um, that was a great place to start. And then as time went on and as our organization grew and um, started to change, we look to expand that past just microfinance programs. And so we do still fund some microfinance programs, but then we also fund other types of programs, small business development, um, training and coaching, for example, or um, education programs, um, job training programs, skill building programs, and other things that just help to break barriers that are present for women and the economic opportunities that they should be having access to. And then we do try to, um, we do try to look for partners in different geographic areas that may be based on where we're seeing a certain need arise in the world or where we are seeing our donors are caring about um, because we always want to be responsive and listening to our donors as well. 
um, and how their donations are distributed. And then um, we may hear from organizations that we didn't know about before approach us and tell us about the great work they're doing and, you know, seeing the impact that that makes and you know, being able to provide some funding for them. So well, you bring up a, a excellent point that you have um, uh, how you um, find that balance between the donors, um, where the funding needs to go, and of course, um, you know, letting the organizations that get the funding, um, you know, distribute it as they as they need. Um, so when you are, I guess, when you when you do get approached by sometimes um, new donors or prospective donors um, or people who want to, uh, you know, fund different things, what are some of the things that you, um, uh, and I, I'm doing this more to, uh, for a, like a, a global understanding for funders, like some things that they should look for or the questions that are, um, the funders should be asking, I guess, organizations um, so that they know that they are making an impact. Um, so when you are approached by like new people who like, you know, call you up or send an email and say, hey, I want to like, you know, fund this because blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, I guess what should a funder look for when they are, I'm, I'm kind of turning the tables, what should they look for when they are like, uh, you know, scoping out um, organizations that they want to help and how, um, I guess, how do you approach that? When new people come to you say, oh, I want to fund, do you just, you know, say, okay, great. Um, or how do you, uh, you know, um, how do you guide them to like, what's the right program for them to be part of? Right. Well, it's definitely a balance, like you said, right? Because sometimes you could have a donor who says, I want to fund X and it is not in alignment with our current funding criteria. And so, you know, we have to be honest with them and say, you know, well, that's that's a great thing to fund, but that's not where Women's Empowerment International is focusing our efforts. So we have a defined list of funding criteria that we um, that we've developed with our board and and our members and their input, but it's something that we can go back to. And sometimes we need to adapt it and add things in as we see things happening in the world, or we see, you know, our priorities are changing or we're adapting to the needs of, you know, the organizations that are seeking funding, but it's something that we can, we can go to, to kind of keep us in alignment with our mission. And then also be able to communicate that with our donors too, if maybe they're not completely in alignment with the focus of our organization. Maybe there's a better or a different organization that their donation is a better fit for, I should say. Um, and then in terms of, you know, the organizations that we're looking at um, potentially funding when we're doing a search, especially for new partners or when maybe a current partner is changing the way that they do their programming, we can still look at these funding criteria and say, is this an alignment? Does this meet our criteria for our, our donor dollars and our grants? I like I like that the fact that you um, you know you really sh uh, kind of um, give them the path that your organization is on, and then you know um, uh, finding that alignment. I think it's and it's important because um, one of the things that I think that it's 
that a lot of people sometimes miss is it's not just about the the money, right? And what I mean by that, yes, you know, we know that we need uh, money to, uh, you know, build things and buy things, but in order to make the actual change that you're trying to do in a lot of these communities, it requires that um, not only the actual, you know, um, dollars are, are you know, um, are directed to whatever activity or thing that needs to change, but that the the purpose behind it being the the people who are giving the money are um, really invested for that change. And if they are, um, I think, and you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that if they are in that whole alignment, that they uh, tend to continue to fund over years because they see that you know, okay, my goal is. I'm just making this one up, but, okay. you know, my goal is to, uh, you know, um, take uh, this uh, first generation of girls from, I don't know, age five to uh, 18 and get them all to be, you know, in, in college or something like that. And um, I realized that that's not going to happen, but just funding one time, because obviously, um, you know, it takes years for uh, girls to grow up. Right. Right. Um, so uh, this is why my, my my thoughts, I guess, um, talk about, I guess, uh, funders alignment and, um, you know, making sure that that all goes together in order to uh, really make an impact. Yeah. yeah, well, I guess for us, we approach our relationship with our grantees as a partnership. And that's something that I think is really special about about we is that that is the outlook and it isn't just we're going to approve this grant, but we are going to enter into a partnership. And I think that's a big part of our criteria. And maybe it's different from other funders, right? But we are not just looking at where do the grantees, the partners, programs line up with what we're looking to fund, but also are they going to be able to tell us about the impact of the organization? And we don't want to burden them with too many reporting criteria or, um, you know, too many check-ins or, you know, anything like that. But, you know, can they be able to send us stories about the, the women participating in their programs? Um, can they send us a progress report mid-year? Um, will they share with us when they have events um, so we can be a part of that, so we can, you know, tell our members about that? Um, can we share information about their organization with our members? And so that communication is a key criteria for us too. Um, and it isn't maybe a fit for every organization that might get funding or might be seeking funding, right? They might say, we don't have the capacity to provide any kind of stories back to you or any kind of reporting. And then, okay, maybe that's not the partnership we're looking for, Um but, you know, here we want to be open to about, well, here's what we can, what support we can offer your organization, um, because it is, we want it to be a win-win kind of partnership. So what are some other things that we can do? You know, can we help you with evaluation and data collection um, with our team of volunteers? And what could that look like? Is that some support that they might appreciate or need um, or find helpful? 
And, you know, what are those other things that aren't just strictly, you know, the program needs to do X, Y, and Z, but can make us feel comfortable about that partnership and for them to feel comfortable about entering into a partnership with us as a funder. Um, one of the other things is um, our, our members and donors having some sort of access to the, the organizations too and their leadership. And so that isn't that all of our members are individually calling them, but you know, can they have a representative do a partner presentation via Zoom for our members and getting some kind of updates in that way? Um, you know, what are, what are some things like that that we can do um, that makes it be a good partnership? And you're touching on something I think that um, is often missed and it could be, you know, it depends each time, of course, on the, the size of the organization and I guess to some aspects, but I'm going to lean that it's probably uh, less, uh, less uh, about, you know, um, what the uh, thing that they're funding, but you bring in the um, part of that philanthropy and uh, being a funder and being, you know, um, uh, really, I guess a, a change agent takes action. And that I think is something that um, uh, is maybe different than what was done in, you know, decades or generations past. It was just like, okay, you know, here I give you the money, you take care of it. But we, we see that it now requires, or I believe it always did, we just didn't maybe, um, you know, dive into it uh, because we just thought, you know, somebody else will take care of it. But now that we see that we are, I guess, are we close to almost 8 billion or would we pass it? Or I don't know, I forgot what the last, um, how many people are now on this uh, crazy planet. Uh, but, um, you know, with so many uh, 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 people, that are here that you can't just like, uh, I guess, quote unquote, pass the buck anymore because there's there's too many things going on. And so you now have to step in if you really want to, um, you know, have the money that you are giving um, to organizations to make a difference. And then also wanting to see these impacts that you can't just be somebody that's just, you know, sitting, sitting back that you, you know, um, just like you said, you have to look at, you know, is this really, are you aligned to it? And if you are, you have to realize that, you know, you just don't fund once it's a, it's a long-term thing because these problems aren't going to just, you know, evaporate, um, through one-time giving, um, and so uh, I just wanted to bring that up because that yeah. is, uh, you know, on this theme that we're talking about, that modern philanthropy is more than just, you know, uh, throwing some some money at it these days. Um, yeah. It takes uh, it, it takes thinking, uh, planning and um, I guess a little bit uh, I'm going to go as far as to say maybe self-awareness of, you know, um, of what you're lining yourself with. And um, I guess uh, to to get out of uh, going to the uh, the deep uh, the deep end, um, I want to talk about a little bit more about how people can get involved um, with Women Empowerment International. I guess what are the different ways? Obviously, they can donate and provide funding, but what other other um, opportunities do people have? Right. Well, um, to get involved, definitely, like you said. 
donate, right, is a big one. And we have to say that because we are a fundraising grant making organization. Uh, we can't do that without donations. But um, but attend an event. That's another thing you can do, right? Some of our events are fundraisers and some of them are educational opportunities. And I think, like you said about being sort of this, a modern philanthropist or a modern change maker, you have to be you have to be on a quest, I think, to learn and to understand what's happening in the world. And, and we want to learn and understand what's happening with the organizations that we're supporting and what are the real challenges that people are facing in their communities and the women specifically are facing in their communities. And what else what else are are they providing or what else, what other challenges are they facing aside from just the economic piece, right? And the economic empowerment piece. And so um, we as an organization, I think are trying to do more and offer more of those opportunities for our members and just for the community in general, because that's something, that's a linkage that I think that we can provide and a role that we can play and that we sort of have a, um, we have a responsibility to play that for the community. And so that's something where we need to continue to grow as an organization and we'll try to focus more on that. But those events are open to anybody to get involved and learn more. Um, we have volunteer opportunities. We have, um, we always need help with admin type of stuff. Um, we have committees that focus on marketing and fundraising and event planning, um, a little bit of something for everybody that um, people can join. We also have volunteers who act as our partner liaisons. And so that's a really special kind of role for a volunteer who um, gets to be the main point of contact between our organization and one of our grant partners. They get to really get to know that organization and the staff there. And so that helps to build the trust, I think, for both ways um, between our organization and between the the grant partner. Um, and it seems to be a role that's really appreciated by everyone. Um, so they become, like I said, that point of contact, but then they also become a really great advocate for the organization, um, both when it comes time for maybe renewing funding, but then also for um, just promoting what the organization is doing to our members and ways that our members can continue to make a difference in the community around the issues that the organization's addressing. So those are, those are some of the ways and we're always open to other, other ideas and ways that people can, you know, think about how they can get involved and how they can contribute. Yes. And I know, yeah, there's uh, lots of opportunities and I know each year you guys have a, um, a big uh, fundraiser um, called Empower We Rise um, yes. that uh, you host as, uh, host as well. So um, yes, yes. Uh, so um, definitely um, that is also an event um, to always keep in, in mind as well uh, for people who like to um, get out and uh, do mixers and Absolutely. Yes. And people can find our, our volunteer opportunities, our contact information, our event calendar, all at our website, womenempowerment.org. Um, our events, we are always looking for sponsors too, whether that's an individual or a business or you know, businesses that are maybe able to offer in-kind donations for our events um, to help everything run smoothly and, you know, have more fundraising opportunities. So there, there's lots of different ways to get involved. Yes. 
And so um, let me see here. I did have a couple other questions uh, before we close. Um, I wanted to, I always get a, a couple uh, global perspective kind of uh, questions. Um, if you were going to describe, I guess, uh, what should be the modern face of uh, uh, philanthropy? I know it's a, it's a, like, um, I always call these my um, uh, beauty pageant questions. <laughs> Gosh, I should have been prepared for that one. Um, I don't know. And I, I saw that question on the list, but I find it really hard to answer because I don't, I don't know that there should be a face for modern philanthropy. And maybe that's something that is continuing to change and evolve and something that needs to continue to change and evolve. Because I think, um, you know, maybe even, I don't know, a year ago, if you said the word philanthropist, I think everybody would have a certain image of what that looks like in their mind. Um, and we shouldn't have that, right? Philanthropy should be available to anyone in the community um, it should feel accessible. It should be an inclusive community. It shouldn't have just one face. It should be everybody involved, working together, being a part of it from both the funder side, from the fundee side, from organizations on all sides of the sector, but then everybody within the community um, should be a part of that too and have access to that and feel like that's an inclusive environment to be in. I think that's a beautiful answer. Um, having a, you know, the, uh, the face of philanthropy can be anyone. Um, I think uh, that's a perfect answer, especially where we are, uh, you know, positioned right now on the planet and with uh, so many things that unfold. I guess literally each week. Um, so yes, I think that's a perfect answer. Now, um, to, I guess, to wrap things up, um, when, you know, um, looking at the word, and I'm just going to go a little bit, uh, a, a little bit of a deep dive, but I think it um, will uh, complete kind of everything that you are working towards as an organization, is uh, what would you say, um, if we are looking at the word uh, women empowerment, what does that really mean? What is women empowerment uh, what does it mean to you? Oh gosh, that's a big question. Um, I think it means so many different things that it is hard to say concisely. What does that really mean? I think when we first, when I first hear the phrase, if I were to just hear the phrase women's empowerment, I would think first of that place of confidence, um, and really being able to step into that and owning that and feeling like anything is attainable, right? That I have access to the opportunities just the same as anyone of any gender, right? That that's kind of irrelevant, right? That there is some equity in that, that there is just this um, access to opportunities and that confidence to take that and run with it. Um, but then with our organization, we also have, um, we have the focus on economic empowerment, which goes along with that, right? Because that's a big part of it. And I think as you and I have talked about in the past, right? Money talks, right? And there's a power in 
having access to money, having the ability to buy, to spend, to, um, to own wealth, right? And just what kind of voice that gives you in society. Um, but then not just in society or in our communities, but then also in our homes. And what kind of voice does that give you in your home in terms of decision-making and just the ability to, um, to build the life that you want to build, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and there's that, that empowerment piece without focus on the financial side of it. And so I, I think there's just so many things. And I love that also other people can come to our organization and, and feel a different part of that too, and have a slightly different meaning. Um, but I think one thing that I, I really appreciate about our organization and our members is, is that we're not going around saying, oh, we are going to empower people, but there's a belief that people already should be empowered. And just there's often, I think too many times there's some sort of barrier to being able to really just run with that empowerment or stepping into that empowerment. So we're not saying, oh, we're going to, we're going to empower you, but we're going to knock down some barriers for you. We're going to make sure you have access to opportunities. And that's really what we want to create because then, um, you know, people know what they can, what they want to do with that. And they know the path they want their life to take. Um, and it's just making sure then again, that they've got that access, they've got the opportunity, they've got the resources they need to do that and create that for themselves, for their families, for their communities. I think that is, uh, you know, all in, encompassing, I think of, uh, you know, um, the role, I guess, uh, it covers the role of women, um, uh, in society. And then also, you know, as I said at the beginning, uh, it is 50% of the population. So, um, it's not just, uh, it affects us all very strongly. So, uh, I love your, your answer. Right. Um, yes. So thank you. Thank you. Um, well, I, I think that reminds me, that reminds me too, you mm -hmm. saying like, oh, they're 50%. And I think, that's the part of our vision statement that I, I love that says, um, you know, that, that we envision a world in which women are uplifted and equal, equal partners in society, um, that that's, that's what we're after. And just that everybody has a voice. Yes. Yeah. Because if you have a, um, you know, uh, one, one broken leg when there's only two, it really makes it hard to walk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Right. Well, then I've seen some statistics that, you know, that say stuff like, oh, well, when you, when you give opportunities to, to women or when they're able to, you know, enter the workforce or they're able to, um, you know, to build their businesses and all of these things that then, you know, the country's um, like the country's GDP will be doubled. And it's like, well, yes, because they're half of, they're half of society. But then I think you sort of, you know, some people forget just what an impact that has, right? And just how much um, all of these barriers and restraints are, are preventing a collective good from being achieved. Yes, and I couldn't have said it any better. Um, thank you, Sarah, for your time and insight. 
If you'd like to learn more about Sarah Adams and Women Empowerment International, go to womenempowerment.org. If you have a passion for an unserved community, a social justice problem, or simply want to change minds, contact Project Good Work at projectgood.org to start your project of change today. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Project Good, where we're focused on what matters. 